Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Jeez. Like vampires. Take a stand and take a back. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Wasn't ready. Way behind, Rex. Way behind. I wasn't ready. And Edgar, what don't you understand about room silence? That's real lingo in the recording biz, you see? You need room silence so that you can... Do processing things later. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we are going to be reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 13, entitled The Eye in Team. Hey, Josh. Yes, Rex? Guess what? Chicken butt. I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> um, today, today... Chicken Today butt. is our 69th episode. 69, you say? Yes. That's almost like some sort of weird sex act. Yes. But it's not really that weird. I mean, they flamboyantly referenced it. Our Lord and Savior flamboyantly <laughs> referenced it multiple times in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He did, in fact. 69, dudes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Guitar riff. That's what that was supposed to be. I don't know if you got that. Yeah. I, air guitar really doesn't play well over audio recording. Yeah, Weirdly. Yeah. It was a very meta why. air guitar. Um, and it, holy fuck a dick donkey. It finally happened. I <laughs> said, don't fucking do that. <laughs> and I didn't break anything. It's amazing. Fucking keep it that way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That scared gave me, me a too. fucking heart attack. <sighs> I need some whiskey after that. Shit. Yeah, no shit. Okay. So what were you saying? Was I saying something? I think you were saying something, but who the fuck knows anymore? <laughs> um, Probably just going to leave that in. Yeah. All right. So since we... <laughs> since we kerfuckled your ears um, the last three weeks in a row with... Really long voicemails that only got longer and longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're just going to jump right into it this week. Yeah. How about a mom synopsis? I'd fucking love to. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Well, uh, there were some raccoons in the sewer, so I thought I'd <laughs> just take care of that real quick. That's nice, Joshua. Why is the Scooby gang huddled over Spike while he's naked? It's funny you should mention that, Mom. Uh, it's not what it looks like. So you mean they're not surgically pulling a tracer dart out of his back while getting him drunk and casting an atmospheric ionization spell to keep the initiative from tracking them as quickly because they all seem to care about Spike's well-being all of a sudden, even though he's shown zero empathy for them in any capacity? Wow, okay, I guess it's exactly what it looks like. Um, 
All right, hush up now, Joshua, and cook up that raccoon. I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, what mama wants, mama gets. Uh, so on today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Scooby gang is trying to have a nice, good old-fashioned get-together at the Bronze, and gosh darn it, it just ain't working out okay. <laughs> Anya's okay, really... mayor. <laughs> Anya's just getting a little worried about the initiative because she, you know, happens to be a former demon. And we're not really sure what their policy is on former demons. We know exactly what their policy is on current demons. But Buffy's definitely getting all officially indoctrinated into their shit. She's getting an ID badge. She's getting a security clearance and an eye scan and all that fun shit. And she's going on mission she got a beeper that's how you know it's official it's when you get a beeper so she's getting beeped left and right and poor willow had to turn down tara to hang out because she was gonna go hang out with the scuba gang but buffy brings the whole damn cavalry with her anya's not comfortable with that and xander's got chocolate bars to sell so buffy and riley are out on a mission they're looking for this I don't know, it looks like a sea demon Cthulhu kind of thing to me. It doesn't really matter. Instead, the team spots Spike and they tag him with a tracer dart. They end up catching this other demon anyway. And then uh, Riley and Buffy get super duper hot for each other. And finally, they make the beast with two backs. (laughs) (laughs) While (laughs) Professor Walsh watches. And there's nothing weird about that. Because it's all part of the initiative, which is totally on the up and up. Or is it? Which Buffy convinces Riley to start questioning. And it doesn't take long before Professor Walsh is like, Mmm, that Buffy's gotta go. And sends Buffy on a wild goose chase into the sewers to have her murdered with an intricately planned out, sabotaged taser rifle. And a couple of their own demons that have been enhanced or whatever to try and take her out. So Buffy now knows that the initiative is evil. Spike runs to the Scooby gang to get help with his tracer dart and gets rid of it. Just in the nick of time before the initiative finds him, Riley runs back to the initiative where he's quickly informed that Buffy is dead. It turns out she's not because she shows up on a camera screen right behind Walsh's back and vows revenge and Riley fucks off and Walsh goes in back to super secret, super duper secret room 314, which earlier in the episode we've revealed we now have this super Nazi zombie named Adam that is their super secret weapon to take out all of the demons. Walsh gets stabbed in the chest and she go bye-bye. And that's the episode. A lot of shit kind of goes down in this episode. Anyway, I think I ruined all the good points. I'm sorry. (laughs) Isn't that kind of the point of the synopsis? I guess. No, making fun of my mom is the point of the synopsis. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little bitches. Soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Cold open? Cold open to Xander's, where Willow is attempting to magically cheat at poker. (laughs) It's not cheating, it's praying. Yeah, that's how that works. But yeah, Anya, Xander... Did you get that reference? uh, Anyway, did you get the... uh, I I didn't get your reference at all. My callback to the eyebrow waggle. We now have sound effects for an eyebrow waggle. (laughs) I forgot all about that. (laughs) Ah, That's a new thing. That's my thing now. 
Yeah. Are you going to start doing that in like your normal day-to-day life? (laughs) No, I don't need to because I can actually waggle my eyebrows at people (laughs) in real life. But You do have shockingly expressive eyebrows. Why, thank you. I've been wondering if I had a small stroke actually because (laughs) my right eyebrow doesn't waggle as well as it used to. But it still waggles well enough, I suppose. See, I can't waggle my eyebrows. I can literally only do the one eyebrow, the the people's eyebrow. The thing is, is my face naturally does it. The, Just, the what eyebrow? The people's eyebrow. I've never heard that term. That's because you've never been a wrestling fan. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson did the people's eyebrow. Oh, see, that's funny because that's what I thought you were referencing. Just yeah. because I know, because I know his acting career, but I don't know his wrestling career. And yeah, so that's funny. Yeah, it was called The People's Eyebrow. I don't know why that's exactly what that made me think of. I do it naturally because my right eye is kind of squinty naturally. And like my natural like expression, my left eyebrow is slightly higher than it. Great. Yeah. That works out. See, I've just run out of animal noises to make. (laughs) So... You've run out of animal noises, so you have to make imaginary body part noises. That is correct. Or imaginary noises for body parts. Either way. They're not imaginary body parts. I don't think your eyebrows are imaginary. If you feel like they exist, then they're just as real to you as they are to me. (laughs) Anyway, Xander, Anya, and Willow are playing poker. Not very well. Xander apparently is selling these fucking awful sounding boost bars yeah they're like energy bars or something i don't know and it's i'm like dude that's like shit that people do for fundraisers you need like eight-year-olds to go door to door and sell those no no, no. that's not the kind of thing this is this is a multi-level marketing scheme this is like fucking herbal life and all that shit yeah which is you know probably not as lucrative at least not for the people actually doing the selling anytime i ever hear anything about a multi-level marketing scheme i think of the episode of penn and teller's bullshit that they did on multi-level marketing not that they needed to because i mean it's obviously bullshit and anybody who gets wrapped up in that shit deserves everything they get but my favorite part about that whole episode was every single time they introduced one of these people that worked for a multi-level marketing firm the person would introduce themselves and they're like, oh, hi, I'm a something something consultant. And Penn's voiceover would be like, huh, that's a funny thing to call a sales associate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I love that guy. Uh, And I just was really kind of sad that that there wasn't a moment where I could like be like, huh, that's a funny thing to call a sales associate to Xander. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so Anya hates arbitrary rule-based nonsense number games, which is, you know, poker. I see the appeal, but I also hate arbitrary rule-based games. But she's having a little trouble picking up poker, and uh, I think she might be on the spectrum a little bit. They, I feel like they've had to explain money to her a number of times, at least in this episode. This is number one. I don't know that I'd go that far, but she definitely struggles with understanding... They play it up a little too much. Wouldn't wouldn't go that far. What do you mean? Saying that she's on the spectrum. Did I actually say that? Oh yes. my god! What is in this whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's just she's a bit removed from you know empathy. Yeah, just the way she really speaks her mind and seems completely oblivious a lot of the time. Well, she has 
She has been a fucking human for over a year now. Uh huh. I'm sorry, but if you can't figure out the fundamentals of like a job and money after being on Earth for a year, I think you're just screwed. <laughs> that's uh, that's the story of my life, sir. <laughs> Which is why I think I might be on the spectrum too. I'm coming for you, my love. Me and Anya. Oh, yeah. Hopefully she's over Xander. What a tool. <laughs> anyway, he's not selling drugs, which is very disappointing. I'm pretty sure it's drugs anyway. I really thought that she, um, Willow was going to read the label on that bar <laughs> and be like, opioids? What? <laughs> My favorite part is the first sexual innuendo. <laughs> it's not really much of an innuendo. Uh, okay, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Well, so Willow's line is, guess she's out with Riley. You know how it is with a spanking new boyfriend. And Anya replies with, yes, we've enjoyed spanking. And cue the funniest Xander <laughs> flub moment since the juice box scene. Because those cards go fucking everywhere. I kind of wanted to see a better angle of it because I, I'm like, how did he do that on purpose? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, how, how did he do that on cue for camera? That's kind the, of impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, uh, Xander has doubts about Buffy's new boyfriend, Riley. This time with good reason. Okay, it's always technically good reason. But usually it's just thinly veiled jealousy. I don't pick up on any thinly veiled jealousy this time. Not this time, yeah. This time he actually, like, seems fairly legitimate in, like... Because he, he says that I don't have an issue with Riley... He's just weary about the initiative. Yeah. And like that, that's a good sign. That mm -hmm. is a very good sign. His issue has nothing to do with Riley specifically. Yeah. I'm just not letting him off the hook for all his butt hurtness about Angel. Oh God, no. <laughs> there, There is no off the hook for Xander. So. In our hearts, Xander, you will always be nice, nice guy Xander. Nice guy Xander. Yes, very much so. Uh, also, one of my quotes of the day from Anya here was following Willow's line. Well, they do seem to fall into the good guy camp. I mean, they are anti-demon. Uh, probably pro X demon Anya replies maybe I choose to feel threatened <laughs> just that just that glib stoic all around sense that she gives it's very Oz like we needed somebody to replace Oz and be with Spike joining the crew we needed somebody to replace Angel and I love right. that they're doing it in very very different ways yeah uh, but they're still kind of filling the same social niche you know no, I, the dynamic of this group has been fairly consistent in how it feels, and they achieve it with completely different components, essentially. Yeah. And that's impressive writing, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's just very impressive writing. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a wings. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. What? A desk. So then we cut to some random place out in the wilderness. Buffy's being hunted down by some commandos. Kicking some commando ass. Turns out it was a training mission. She's training with the initiative and Walsh shows up just... Yeah, I was like, hey, I thought they were friends. Why are they fighting already? Right. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but apparently it took them... 42 minutes to hunt her down and find her and only 28 seconds for her to completely take all the soldiers out. Walsh's slack-jawed face is priceless. That's That makes yeah. the whole scene worth it. It Seriously. Well, I mean, the scene was worth it anyway because it's always fun to watch Buffy kick some ice. Yeah. 
But um, that's pretty much it. Buffy's a badass. Yeah. No, I thought it was hilarious when she's like, eh, you know, I was just lucky. Walsh walks away and she's like, I was just being modest with the lucky thing. Right. And he's, he's very supportive. He's like, everybody loves you. And then we get opening credits. And I don't know if it was if he showed up in other episodes, but this was the first episode I noticed that fucking Riley is in the credits. Really? Yeah. Um. No, I think he's been in the credits since Hush, at least. Okay, yeah, that's po- that seems possible. Um, but for a few episodes now. Yeah, and Anya isn't. That's weird. But he's right. been more consistently in this season than Anya has. So I guess it makes sense. Right. Uh, from there, we cut to campus during a lunchroom. Buffy's bragging about how awesome she is, while Willow seems self-conscious about not having successfully neutralized an entire military squad recently. Because, as we all know... Willow's a huge fucking slacker. Like, Willow, you should feel bad. You are right to expect Buffy to find you boring. So anyway, this is where they reveal that they have plans to hang out at the bronze tonight. Yes. The big bad bee. Ron's, that is. <laughs> the bronze. It's, 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 it's the fucking bronze. Yeah. Rex. God the the fucking bronze. damn it, Rex. What is wrong with you? Do I have I, to repeat everything? I got it the first time, Josh. Oh, well, n- now you tell me. All right. Just, just calm down. <laughs> Do I need to get you a paper bag to breathe into? Here. I'm practicing my Lamaze, okay? Here's a paper bag. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. Don't like actually hyperventilate when trying to make that <laughs> joke. <laughs> I actually did that once. Right? Yeah. The funny thing, funny story, that's how breathing works. (laughs) Who knew? So Riley walks in and immediately Buffy's attention is miles away from her conversation with Willow. And Willow's like, do you want to go talk to him? And Buffy's like, no, I just like staring at him sometimes. I'm going to just take in that ace. (laughs) (laughs) Takes the moment to give her man a good proper stare. Which is absolutely her birthright. Yeah. Just I like mean, when Xander was dating Cordy and he's like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, they're dating. It's one of those perks. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is. Um, even though I don't think they ever slept together. Do you think they slept together? Who? Xander and... Xander and Cordelia. No. No, I, I don't think Cordy and Xander ever actually had sex. Because I'm pretty positive that Xander lost his, lost his virginity to Faith. Oh, right. And then I'm pretty positive Anya was the second time he had sex. I think you might be right. Hence, juice box. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, I'd have done the same thing. I mean, I, this might be TMI, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> losing your virginity does not immediately make you good at sex at all no (laughs) for the next like you know 50 or 100 times really like you might get lucky once or twice in there and you know not (laughs) in the sense that you're having sex but in the sense that you're doing it well without being you know so in the next scene (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) so tmi huh yes very much so my favorite line from this scene though is so Buffy catches Riley stuffing a Twinkie in his pocket. Oh, and he's yeah. Like, and she's like, a Twinkie? That's his lunch? Oh, he is so going to be punished. 
<laughs> and, well, then, and then she replies with, everyone's getting spanked but me. What? <laughs> oh, nothing. And that's, the, and that's the end of that scene. Oh, you'll get yours, Willow. <laughs> you will get yours. I wonder if Allison Hannigan does slasher fanfic readings live on Facebook. <laughs> no. She still has a career. All right. She doesn't need to because she's classy. <laughs> Even if she didn't have a career, she's too classy for that. Right. Cut to Spike's Crypt. Yeah. And he hasn't cleaned one bit. Yeah, I think he took over the crypt where that one demon was supposed to rise last episode. Either that or they have a limited budget for sets. Um, I mean, either seems likely. <laughs> why not both? Why not? So Giles pays up for Spike's services of the previous episode. Um, and Spike's like, oh, sod your gratitude. You owe me more than that. Yeah. And yeah, obviously he owes him $300, which was one of the funniest parts about last episode. Giles tries telling him maybe there's a, a higher meaning or purpose to Spike's ability to only fight demons now. <laughs> no, Giles, you just got to pay your fucking bill. Yeah, how about you just get the fuck out already? I, I get that Giles is a little bit testy about Spike weaseling $300 out of him. But, I mean, you agreed to fucking pay it. I don't think he's testy about the money at all. I think he's legitimately thankful and happy, like, I think Giles would have gladly paid a grand, um, you know, yeah. like, the money means nothing if you're stuck as a demon and your best friend, who happens to be the Slayer, is trying to murder you because yeah. they don't know who you are. I don't think the money was an issue at all. I think his issue was that Spike's not a person and he's treating Spike like a person and he's getting yeah. bit. When you get bit by a snake, don't be fucking surprised. Exactly. And that's just Spike's nature here. And now that Spike feels like he doesn't need them anymore, he's trying to go back to his old life. But as we see, it's not that fucking easy. No. But no, I, I really enjoyed the moment where, <laughs> well, we got a lot of Buffy speak in this one because he walks through the door and he's like, Oi, wipe your feet when you're into a person's home. Just <laughs> like, oh, yes, careless of me, tracking mud all over your uh, mud. Because <laughs> the crypt is not remotely fucking clean. No. But then uh, Spike cuts Giles off later. Uh, he's saying, I realize this is completely against your nature, but uh, has it occurred to you that there may be a higher purpose? Oh, you made me lose count. What are you still doing here? Spike's really bad at counting money. It's funny because... He's also really bad at understanding how much money is worth and how much he could have gotten out of Giles. Right? <laughs> Giles is like, well, talking to myself, apparently. And then his exit line hit me pretty hard as well. Like, I don't have too many quotes throughout the episode, but... There aren't many quotes throughout the episode. Yeah, but there there were just a few lines that I enjoyed. They Like, they weren't necessarily snappy or witty or quippy or... Uh, classic Buffy speak, but Spike says, and I don't want you crawling back here, knocking on my door, pleading for help the second teen witch's magic goes all wonky, or little Xander cuts a new tooth. We're through. You got it? And yeah, yeah. I just I just like doing the Spike voice. Yeah. yeah Any fun. excuse. Any, Any excuse, excuse to do good. the Spike voice. But also, poor Giles 
looks all puppy dog eyed as he's walking out. And I'm like, God damn it, Spike. You hurt Giles's feelings. <laughs> Spike is a man possessed by many demons, Rex. Polite demons that would open a door for a woman carrying too many parcels. But demons nonetheless. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Yes. They are, in fact, polite <laughs> demons that would open a door for a woman carrying too many parcels. And yes, Giles is a man who has walked along the path of evil many times. It's a twisting, curving path that <laughs> actually leads to a charming block garden. But beyond that evil! <laughs> and Spike's crypt, also, of course. Yeah. Yes. And you're what? Shocked and disappointed? I'm evil. You should know better, you should know better than the time of the fate, the fates of the world. That was pathetic. You should know, you should know better than the attempt of the fate, the fates of the world. a lot more than that. A fantastic day. Birds singing, squirrels making lots of rotten little squirrels. So then we cut to the frat house, I guess I'm going to start calling it. I'm not sure what else to call it. I'm just calling it Riley's house. Yeah. Whatever. And cue all the sexual innuendos. You don't have to do this, Buffy. <laughs> nah, I'm ready, Riley. Oh, come on. It is not dramatic reading worthy. Scan my retinas and go down on the elevator with me. <laughs> I want your big ass initiative way up in there. <laughs> Those oh. are not the lines. <laughs> oh, Riley, it's so big. The, that is the line. That is the line. <laughs> Tell no, me it's not the line. She's like, I'm ready. And she's like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. And then they go down the fucking elevator and everything. And she is just like, it's just so big. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't like to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did you expect, Buffy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> have you seen how confident this man is? He's quite confident. He has a very big initiative. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet he doesn't even need to put truck nuts on it. <laughs> oh my God. Why did those exist? Just why? Why do truck nuts exist? For people with small penises who need to accentuate their already small penis vehicles into even smaller penis vehicles. It's impressive. I know. As a completely average-sized penis man, <laughs> I say this with... We do not need to broadcast that I say this with podcast. completely average confidence. <laughs> not overconfidence, per se. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, sexual innu innuendo, sexual innuendo, sexual innuendo. Walsh interrupts possible smooches. Damn timing. Yeah. Um, Lost in the wind. Walsh commences in a tour of the initiative. <laughs> they get shown the pit where they do all sorts of experiments on demons. Oh, look, honey. That's where they torture the demons. Isn't that nice? And Buffy actually slips a little bit here because she hints to Walsh that she knows something about the behavioral modification that they are doing. She does. I mean, she covers it in pure Buffy fashion, but it seems to fucking work. Yeah, Walsh just kind of gave her the dead stare down. 
which I've learned recently is actually a very effective tool for getting people to shut the fuck up. It is. I use it as a security guard a lot or yeah. used to when I did more traditional security anyway. Well, I'm only recently able to actually use the dead stare down because I've been off caffeine for about five or six days now. Only about two days in, suddenly my head doesn't shake constantly anymore. Who knew? Maybe caffeine's not good for you. Well, it means I'm probably a slow metabolizer. My metabolism is probably slowed because I'm in my 30s. You know, I used to be able to process that shit throughout my 20s, no problem. But now it's just like, all right, that's too much. So, yeah, Buffy gets the tour and Buffy gets a pager. Blah, blah, blah. Nickel tour. Here's your pager. Nothing behind the curtain. Nothing. It's everything. Everything is fine. (laughs) Yeah, nothing here. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain who's made of a bunch of different demon parts. <laughs> exactly. So they wrap up the scene with they have these little camera earpieces, or they establish that they have these little camera earpieces. Nowadays, you can probably get those at Best Buy for like <laughs> 50 bucks. And they're like, ooh, it sends a camera signal back to the base. And we can monitor the pulse. And I'm like, really? We give away little wrist bracelets (laughs) that do that on a daily basis. Yeah. Whatever. And But specifically, Walsh is like, no, Buffy, don't play with that. It's a $20,000 price tag. And here's the thing. Shit like that definitely was military issue first. Well, I mean, you're right. As I learned from the West Wing recently, there's sometimes, at least, a good reason for it. Like $400 ashtrays. Yeah. Yeah. They are designed to only break into three pieces so that you don't have, you know, shattering glass flying in your face. I mainly question, do you really need to smoke while you're on the clock that bad? Right. One of my favorite stories about this sort of thing is, have you heard the joke of... NASA spent thousands and thousands of dollars to design a pen that could write in zero G. Russians used a pencil. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know why that is? That is a true thing, by the way. Yeah, I know. That actually happened. But do you know why? True facts. Do you know why specifically NASA spent a bunch of money on a pen that could write in zero G? So that they didn't have little bits of lead breaking off. Exactly. And flying around getting caught in shit. When you're looking at things of that nature, of the amount of money and research into a thing, you look at it from a very limited outside viewpoint, and you're not considering all the multiple different levels at which something would have to be considered. And that is a perfect example. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I can't stand the way pencils write anymore. It grits my teeth. I don't like pencils either. I'm a particular fan specifically of the Pilot G2 10 pens. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, you know, hey, if you guys want to sponsor our podcast, that would be awesome because I write all my notes with this pen. Um, I have tendonitis pretty bad in both my hands, and i that's the only pen I can actually fucking write with. That and Sharpie markers. Give us money and free pens. <laughs> Thank you. So we cut... To the dorm where Tara is showing Willow a doll's eye crystal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing that fancy to me. Like, yeah, it's, some it's, si- it's a crystal. Well, you know, we're not into that kind of shit yeah, per se. I mean, I think it's neat. It's not the kind of thing I would run out and pursue. 
personally, but I like watching it on TV. <laughs> and so she found it in her grandma's attic and she offers it to Willow as a gift. Yeah, immediately. Because Willow's like, I've been looking for one of those for for my whole life. Or, you know. Since June. Since June. <laughs> yeah. Willow respectfully declines, though, because, yeah, that is a huge thing to take yeah. from somebody that you've only known for, what, a week or two? On that same level, it's like, Tara. Reel it in. Just reel it in. Like Getting a little overeager here. Tara's crush on Willow is painfully obvious. I know, right? <laughs> painfully obvious. Yeah. I have a friend... I don't know if said friend listens to this podcast. Said friend might listen to this podcast, so I'm not going to divulge who said friend is. But said friend is interested in another said friend of mine. And this said friend, good person, overly eager. (laughs) (laughs) And always, always, always the kind of individual that... Oh, man, I'm such and such amount of money short for this. They'll immediately go, oh, here, have this money. And you're like, no, I'm just commiserating the pain of life. Get that money out of my face. I don't want your money. But I know. I get what you're saying. You've had to have known somebody like that before. That if you even mention that you have any sort of money problems in front of them, they're like, here, have money. And you're like, no, I don't want to fucking owe you money. Not nearly enough of them. But um, (laughs) yeah, sure. Probably. But Willow says, hey, no, we can uh, we can totally, you know, share it and cast spells together. But you keep it. It's your like family heirloom or whatever. And Tara's like, tonight? Will's like, ooh, uh, <laughs> sh- about that. Got plans tonight, Tara. Sorry. Uh-huh. And But assures her later, which is a good sign. Yeah. And Tara seems to take it a bit rough, though. Yeah. She's, yeah, way too eager. Like, that's the problem with that over-eager. You, you, if you're too eager, you're going to fucking hit that wall way too fast. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't let anybody have that much power over you no, God, at any no. time ever, really. That's the moral of the story, I think. Yeah. I'm dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Back to the initiative. Walsh enters room 314 and we get our first glimpse of Adam. Yeah. Do you want super evil Nazi zombies? Because this is how you get super evil Nazi zombies, Rex. Yeah. When you Frankenstein together parts of other fucking demons and make bionic parts. Like, it looks Borg almost. Yeah. It is pretty damn good makeup, though. It's fairly decent. He he looks sufficiently cobbled together. Yes. (laughs) It looks very similar to the other episode from, I want to say, season two with the football player. Where his brother, yeah, a little bit, Frankenstein them together. Yeah, a little bit. But anyway, random scientist dude. Yeah, who the fuck is this guy? The new fucking character, just there for plot complication, is like, oh, I think Buffy's an unnecessary risk. Blah blah blah. Um, and then regarding Adam, he's like, well, his, his reflexes and motor functions are all off the charts. Zippity doo da. Quick reveal with a sheet pulled off of him. Dun dun dun. He sure does look evil, huh? This falls into that same category of problems that the show Buffy has of just 
Give it some fucking time. Yeah. Give us some foreplay, man. Give us an episode of Buffy being like part of the initiative and then wait an episode where things turn sour. Yeah, this whole episode just happened way too fast, but more on that later. Yeah, they just need to learn to play with suspense, you know? Not a whole lot of suspense going on, but it was a different era in TV where they didn't know if everybody was going to be watching every episode. And they needed to cover a lot of ground at one time to make sure that people understood the arcing plot. And in when you look at it from that perspective, I think they still did really well. I'm still going to be nitpicky. I don't fucking care. Yeah. (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) That's why we're here. But. Okay. Okay. It's that time, guys. Welcome to Da Bronze. Da Bronze. Xander is peddling his goddamn energy bars. I'm not sure how, since he only had the one that he's eating, apparently. And I think there's a joke about him eating them later in the next episode, I think. (laughs) I I swear there was a joke about him eating them all. He's the only one that actually seems to like them. Um, But Anya's supporting him now, after they explain to her (laughs) a second time... That if he sells these, he makes money and can take her nice places. I postulate it's the second time explained to her on camera. <laughs> I guarantee he has explained it to this woman at least six times. <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, so after her little Econ 101 lesson, uh, sell bars, steal underwear, profit. Um, Wait, where did stealing underwear come into? South Park. Oh. Yeah. So Buffy shows up an hour late. Yeah. And fuck Buffy. She's got the whole fucking alpha squad in tow. Oh my God. Xander and Anya are like, they're like, hey, I hope you didn't mind that we came too. Cause you know, we're celebrating Buffy being part of the initiative now. And it's great. And it's like, you guys don't look conspicuous at all. Well, actually they kind of just look like a bunch of frat dudes. No, it looks like Buffy walked in with a bunch of frat guys. Yeah. That doesn't look questionable. At all. <laughs> uh, no comment. So <laughs> Xander and Anya bail. Yeah. Anya's still uncomfortable about the whole, I'm a demon and they kill demons, but she's not really a demon anymore. Anyway, then all of their pagers go off at, at the same fucking time. Willow is miffed that if Buffy invited a bunch of people, she could have invited people. She had someone she could have invited. And Buffy's like, really? Who could you have invited, Willow? And she's like, oh, you know, uh, nobody. <laughs> You know, just hypothetically, hypothetically. somebody, yeah. (laughs) Willow, go spend time with Tara. And she does, because they all fuck off, leaving Willow there by her damn self. And she's like, well, nothing left to do, but go fan the flame of my gay mans. Yeah. So the cut to the initiative, short scene, nothing really pointedly happens here that's dire need to see for the episode. Oh, is this the one where she asks a bunch of questions? Exactly. Okay. It's just, it's just a matter of Buffy obviously cares a fuck ton more about the how, what, who, where, why of demon hunting. And Walsh is just like, no, just fucking follow orders, damn it. Yeah, Buffy's not military. I still don't understand why the fuck they wanted to bring her in in the first place. Like, just because she's a badass fighter, she's not going to bend to your will. You have to be able to right. see that. I mean... And furthermore, I don't understand why Buffy wants to be part of them. It's like... 
I have two guesses as to why this situation has come up. Buffy's there because Buffy wants to learn more about the initiative. And this is a way in. This is a mission to gather information. Reconnaissance. Okay. Exactly. Buffy is there from the Walsh angle because Professor Walsh wants to fucking keep an eye on Buffy. Yeah. Buffy out there in the world unmonitored is a fucking problem. Yeah, she's a control freak of the umpteenth nature. Exactly. So she she needs Buffy there and under her thumb. That's my guess. That's that is a fair deduction, Watson. Really? I'm Watson. Yeah, well, are we going to fight all day about whose homes? We can't have two homes. It doesn't work like that, Rex. This this doesn't work. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody can see the motions that you're making. Anyway, moving on before we clarify that. Cut to Tara's place. So Willow goes crawling back to the safety and comfort of Tara's delightful smile. And I can't blame her one bit. Let's get it on. <laughs> Way up in there, Morty. I mean, they're just friends, Rex. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sorry, geez. but the little smile and giggle that Tara has, they're not just friends. Right? Yeah, that is the most awkward, <laughs> holy crap, I have a crush kind of smile on Tara's face when she walks through that door. No, but Tara is just, I think it's just the actress is just very awkward person and it just happens to work for the role she isn't no like i've seen her in fucking interviews she is nothing like tara axe in this and she's really yeah she's just a good actor all right compliments then (laughs) shit in interviews and stuff that i've seen she is more like what tara becomes later hmm yeah you would have to have be capable of good arc like that to get cast in a role like that yeah interesting all right I get, well, she just plays it too well, then. Maybe. Because I keep going, man, why did they cast her? <laughs> Act- she's fucking adorable. She's acting the part to the point that it makes her look like a bad actress. But she's fucking adorable. She is. It's neither here nor there in my argument. Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to. Back outside, Riley and the squad and Buffy are all hunting this doofy, tentacly Cthulhu demon. Buffy wants to chat about stuff. Riley brings up a very good point here, though. He's like, look, Buffy, I know that you want to chat, but I don't have your reflexes. I kind of need to fucking pay attention to what's going on around me. (laughs) Now, I know that you know... (laughs) That you know that I know that there's a demon out here. <laughs> Wait, that's not how it goes at all. Um, I anyway. still have never actually heard that. The, the <laughs> real legitimate skit, whatever. Look it is. up. It's an extremely racy Eddie Murphy bit. So, and homophobic, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was back in the day. That yeah, was the 80s. So, Walsh liked... Buffy before Riley did, and Buffy's like, wait, what does that mean? You didn't like me? And he's like, ugh. Because he's trying to concentrate <laughs> on the hunt. Cut over to Forrest and his crew. He's all butthurt. Forrest is complaining up a fucking storm about not being Riley's second in command. 
Yeah, and he's like, you chose that girl over me, and the other guy's like, his girl? Yeah, whatever, I used to be his girl. I mean... Forrest, <laughs> Buffy could throw you. Easily. And not, not a... You, not an insignificant amount of distance either. I don't think she'd even break a sweat. No, not even a little bit. So completely unexpectedly, they spot Spike instead of the one that they're looking for. Yeah, fucking leave him alone. He's grocery shopping. Spike, and he's spike, and he's spike, and he's spike, and he's spike, spike goes grocery shopping. Yes, and he, <laughs> we find out later he did in fact just buy blood and smokes. Yep. <laughs> So they flank him. Standard flanking procedure, mind you. I noticed an, an issue here that I want to bring up. Is it that Spike defends himself just fucking fine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. What the fuck? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, he throws the bag at one dude and that, you know, whatever. He's throwing a bag. That's... I think it's because he knew he wasn't doing anything fatal. Maybe? That was the canonical reason I came up with. I suppose. He throws a guy, though. He, yeah, you could get seriously injured being hucked into a tree, but my other canonical possible reasoning here is it was self-defense. Eh, maybe. It wasn't an aggressive maneuver. It was a defensive maneuver. But then, then he fucking skedaddles. He does. I was thinking more of like, whoop, 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 whoop. That too. Let's do it at the same time. Three. No, I don't feel comfortable doing that at all. This is episode 69, Rex. <laughs> Damn this it! Is the episode of doing gross things at the same time. <laughs> so, on the count of three, two, one. Excellent. That's just wrong. <laughs> episode 69 of Beer with Buffy, everyone. You're welcome. Uh, you know what's particularly weird? Um about this this recording is the fact that we're actually facing each other and normally we're not and that's weird to me yeah we changed up the layout normally we're sitting in like lounge chairs in the living room now we're at a kitchen table and i kind of like this better it feels a lot more like an actual recording studio yeah it way more fucking comfortable now we just need some plate glass and some real room dividers yeah to knock out the echo and it'll be like a real operation very similar. Still not. No. In any way. <laughs> um, we might get like a real recording space when we like finish the, <laughs> yeah. the series. Just like beating all the DLC to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> now you get this motorcycle that you have absolutely nothing to do with it. The last thing you do in the game is this thing that you wanted at the very beginning of the first time you Literally played it. Literally the only reason I was playing all these missions... <laughs> The fight scene here does something I really fucking didn't like, actually. Yeah? It cuts between them fighting the demon and them fucking. Yeah! It was weird. I thought this was a strange spot for a sex scene as they're fighting this dreadlocked, goopy land squid demon. And... <laughs> well, I think it would have been funnier if they fight... And then Buffy's like, okay, what do we do now? And then they went and fucked. Brown chicken, brown cow. But the fact that we, like, get the, quote, sex scene. It's not actually a sex scene. It is a little bit, like... Softcore. Not even that. I know. There's Obviously, there's no but, nudity. Like, making out and undressing. But it's, it's not even implicative. They're definitely doing it now. 
They're on just, top of each other. I'm just not sure of what the fuck their decision, why they made the fucking decision that they did with this because they cut back and forth between the fight and the pre fucking, I'm going to call it. Um, <laughs> And then at the very end of the scene, Buffy stops and turns and looks to Riley and says, okay, what do we do now? And to imply that they went and fucked. And then complete the transition. And now we're just in the sex scene. Right. Implied that this is real time now instead of this weird back and forth thing. So, yes, I agree. It would have been funnier if they had done the bam, bam, fight the demon. Maybe they're like obviously getting hot for each other in the process. And then do a quick cut after. So what do we want to do now? Brown chicken, brown cow. Exactly. That would have been funnier, but I think Joss is smart enough. He knows how to be funny when he wants to. He didn't want to be funny. I find this a questionable decision regardless. Like, I'm on board with you, but he didn't want to be funny. He wanted wanted it to have a little bit of gravitas that this is a special... Thing for them it's their first time and they have this special connection because they're both great fighters and now she's that ma- part okay of, that makes sense they can be part of each other's world and he's not a demon she doesn't have that monkey on her back anymore yeah this is the first fucking person that she gets to just have all the sex or one of the sex and then they try and then her boyfriend's boss tries to murder her i mean <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet well i don't know that they stop having sex because i remember some things later oh but... this certainly isn't the end but um you know the once in this episode anyway but no the real fucking sprinkles on the fucking ice cream is that while they're fucking walsh is pure voyeur it's just sitting there eating some fucking popcorn watching the cameras I mean, to be fair, she's got all of her soldiers on camera in their bedrooms, which just doesn't seem necessary. No, I can understand having fucking cameras around in the frat house. Fine. That makes perfect sense. But as we see, there is a bank of cameras and most of them are pointed at the fucking goddamn beds of of her soldiers. Right. And it's not like she didn't know Buffy and Riley were dating before she brought Buffy into the initiative. Yeah. What the actual fuck? So anyway. It's just creepy. So my theory is she must have an audio feed of the bedroom as well. Yes. Because when there's no reason for her to freak out in the next scene the way she does. Let's cover the next yeah. scene first. Um, so first we cut to Giles, uh, where Xander is trying to sell him some bars. And <laughs> yeah, one of the flavors, what was it? Licorice and what? I wasn't paying attention. It was licorice and something. There were a lot of stupid flavors. Like it was one was maple walnut, which sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was berry berry, and the other the third one was like something in licorice. And Anya's like, ew. And oh, this is this is one of my quotes of the day. So Anya says, "Just skip this part and tell him you want money to buy me pretty things. He'll understand." <laughs> so Giles takes a bar and tries it. He's, well, all right then. And he tries it, and as he's chewing it, you just see this expression wash over his face of horribleness, and he says, please leave my home now. <laughs> Pure deadpan. <laughs> just get the fuck like, out. I believed him in that moment <laughs> yes. that he wanted them gone. <laughs> 
They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Spikey Spike. Spike busts in. Not Kool-Aid Manning, mind you. Just Not so normal. Much. Uh, but Xander, as soon as he sees him, I love his line. He says, Spike, you may want to give up these morning jocks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so he's wrapped in a tarp instead of a tattered blanket. That's probably a good call this time around. Right. So I bet Spike wishes he hadn't been an arrogant little dick pod at the beginning of the episode right now. Oh, my favorite part about this is Giles basically just keeps repeating, and why should I help you? Exactly. And Spike is like, well, you should do this and this and this. And he, his response is, but why should I help, help you? you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean you didn't just help me out of the evilness of your heart? Yeah, that's right. I made you pay me $300. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. And he, he finally picked up on... He couldn't have not understood that Giles was like, well, you told me to fuck off, so I'm telling you to fuck off. Honestly, I think he didn't pick up on that till that moment. I think he is so entirely self-absorbed yeah. that he didn't remotely pick up on what Childs was hinting at this whole fucking time till the moment where he's like, no, I fucking made you pay me $300. <laughs> Fuck. So I know people like this, and frankly, it makes me actually legitimately dislike Spike a little bit. Like, okay, Spike, I get it. You're a badass. You're too cool for school. But quid pro quo and pro bono acts are, if nothing else, necessary acts of diplomacy in order to function in any kind of unit outside of just yourself. He's used to taking what he wants and everyone else but Drew can sod off. But Drew's gone and he's in a very compromised situation now. More so this time around than even the first time that he showed up at Giles' house seeking help. Yeah. And I think this ends up being... A very important lesson for Spike. Don't be a dick, because karma is very real. Karma's a bitch. Like, even if you can't ever form empathy, at least remember that if you're relying on people, you need to not tell them to fuck off. Yep. Because I know people like this. People that I thought were my close personal friends... And the second I'm like, hey, can you do me this minor favor after they've spent years asking me for rides? And then they're like, all right, but it's going to cost you. And I'm like, a fucking excuse me? Right. Yeah. I, that's I wonder, always fucking bothered me as I well. I wonder if you've figured out who I'm talking about yet. Yeah. I believe so. I yes. think you have. Anyway. So Giles gets his money back. Well, as much of it. As Spike had left, he spent the rest on blood and booze. Or, nope. on blood and smokes. Yeah. So, we cut to Riley's the next morning. Yep. And Buffy is surprised to wake up next to Riley. You know, because her track record, not so great. Huh, right? Well, after Douche Kebab, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Parker. Parker. I That's knew it started it. with a P. P for P-U. Well, that was lame. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so an alarm starts going off and Buffy says, your robot bird sounds hungry. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Oh, Buffy speak. So, yeah, the usual pillow talk here. Hey, I thought you'd leave me. Don't ask questions <laughs> and take your vitamins. You know, the huge. I suspect that the vitamins that Riley is taking are not actually vitamins. Are actually mind control drugs? Something akin to that. Yeah, seems likely. But we actually get a little bit of, of background on Riley here. He was in special ops training, got pulled aside, and offered this position. Mm-hmm. So, like, he he wasn't recruited, like, off the street or some shit like that. He was actually already enlisted in the military, mm-hmm. which I I find that interesting, and I did not realize that. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes more sense, really. Hmm. But it also paints him as more of a badass than he comes across. For fuck's sake, he was in special ops training, and they're like, you know what? This isn't special enough for this guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's give this guy something more special than special ops training. Well, I think the other caveat is they needed men who were young enough to play off being college students. Yeah. And, you know, obviously anybody can technically be a college student, but they wanted people that were young enough to fit in. Right. And they wanted people that would alleviate the majority of any possible questions. Yes. Otherwise, it's just going to look like, why do you have this hulked out military dude in this class? Like, <laughs> right? can't this woman run this class by herself? She seems all right. He does still come off a little bit like that. A little bit, yeah. He is, a, he is not a small dude. <laughs> right? I kind of so- want to, like, meet either... I can't remember the actor for Riley, um, but either him or David Boreanaz in person. Oh, right. Just to, like, get perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to meet Dwayne Johnson for that reason. Because that dude looks fucking huge right? in some pictures I've seen. Hold on. Holy fuck. Dwayne Johnson is 6'5". Yeah. <laughs> I There was an episode of John Oliver. Uh, John Oliver brought him up and showed a picture of him, like a very recent picture. And he was like, by the way, this man is five years older than me. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would vote for him if he ran for president. I would too. <laughs> He seems like a really cool guy. There are so many world leaders that'd be like, I don't think I want to fuck with him. I think he'd be way better than Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, Schwarzenegger can't run for president. Oh, I know. because he's, he's not a national. Yeah. Anyway, I think the most important question that Buffy asked in this scene was, what's 314? Yeah. Bluntly, bold-faced. And immediately the fucking phone rings. Yes. And like you said, this room is wired for sound. Yep. Walsh wasn't just into watching them have sex. She was listening to it, too. (laughs) Right. And this tells me that she hasn't moved from that fucking monitor. Right. She watched them sleep, too. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she has motion sensors that go off. That's possible. And I mean, she does know when she does know when her. Or when Riley's, like, fucking vitamin alarm would be. Right. Yeah, I was going to say she could have taken a nap and set off a motion alarm or something. But that makes more sense. The vitamin alarm, yeah. 
Of course, Riley needs to immediately go down into the initiative. Buffy's like, you're not big for asking questions, are you? And this is the one thing she had to say to him to get him to start considering questions. Yep. And it had a bigger effect on him than it seemed to in the moment. Because he's already peeking through that super duper secret door and he gets caught peeking into the super duper secret door. He peeks in just enough to see the room number of 314. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> and Walsh is like, you lost their tiger or some shit like that? Riley, have you lost your way? But yeah, Riley is put in charge of hunting down Hostel 17. Otherwise known as Spike. Spike, 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 spike. And she's like... I was waiting for you because I don't want any fuck-ups. Now make me proud. Wow, no pressure. All right. (laughs) So cut to the back room immediately. Yep, where Walsh and the doctor are plotting. Yeah. Oh, no. Already, she's like, Buffy's a liability. Well, fuck a doodle do. Like, you didn't fucking know that yesterday. Wasn't this guy just trying to tell you that? And I'm like, do you fucking... The perfect example of, like, this should have been two episodes. At least, yeah. Well, that escalated quickly. Like, they literally just gave her a fucking ID badge and security clearance. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. They gave it to her fucking yesterday. One day into the fucking process, and she's like, well, I guess we gotta kill the bitch. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my God. And also, (laughs) quick note, they take the arm off of one of those squid demons, and presumably they're putting it onto Adam. Yep. Cut to Giles' house. Yep, where Giles is pulling a tracker out of Spike, and... Well, he didn't know that it was a tracker right away. Well, right. Um, But this is one deep, deep pull back into Xander's (laughs) history, probably the last we'll hear of it. Of when Xander was a soldier in that Halloween episode in season two. And he's like, oh, I vaguely recollect that that is some sort of tracer device because it has a blinking light. But no, funny story. So I paused the video (laughs) uh, to eat or to to talk to Rex or something. And I went back to finish watching the episode. So the beginning of this scene, you've got shirtless Spike laying on a table with Giles directly behind him and Xander and Willow on either side of them. And it just looks very... Erotic. A little bit... Yeah. It looks like a damn orgy, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> we. Josh showed me this and I'm like, fucking screenshot it right now. <laughs> so we saved it and we will post it on Twitter. Because, God, is it funny. (laughs) All right, so if Spander is Spike and Xander, what's Giles and Spike? Jike? No. Spiles? Spiles. I like Spiles way more. (laughs) I like Spiles way, way more than that. So welcome to Spiles Erotica Dungeon. No, Erotica Library. I mean, it's Giles' apartment, and it's more library than anything. All right, yeah. Can get on board with that. (laughs) Where uh, Giles is inserting tweezers into an open wound in his back. Hey, we don't kink shame here at Beer with Buffy. Exactly. We do not. And going along (laughs) with the theme of voyeurism, Xander and Willow like watching. (laughs) 
oh man malpractice suits in progress because he openly admits he is not a surgeon yep anyway so he's all right <laughs> while we're assholes so <laughs> so he's got a fucking tracer dart in his back and they figure it out and they're like oh shit let's all collectively shit our pants right now yeah yes it's time to listen guys are always stalwarts and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Cut to the next scene where both Willow and Buffy were out all night and immediately Buffy gets paged. Yeah, this is the second time, by the way, that they've both called each other out on being out all night. Yeah. And they're both respectively being like, all right, I won't question you if you don't question me. And you know what? That's what they should do in this sort of circumstance. Right? That's being a good friend. Yeah. Hey, you were out getting late all night. I was out getting late all night. Let's not talk about this. I mean, I don't think it's progressed that far with Willow and Tara yet. Oh, God, no, no. But they were doing magic all night. Which is basically the same thing. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> the, way, the way they describe it is like, you know, the deep, intimate connection required for magic. That's, that's still intimacy. That's true. That's fair enough. Hey, remember how they had sex in Demolition Man? <laughs> <laughs> you put on little telepathic helmets. And... <sighs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, Buffy gets paged and has to run off to the initiative and uh, Giles calls and needs Willow's help. Oh, yeah. Giles calls Willow on his uh, on his fancy new speaking tube. Yes. Because, <laughs> you know, he had information and he wanted to tell somebody it. <laughs> and he did. And you have to use that fancy new speaking tube to do such things. Imagine that. That's follow-up. That's yeah. just good follow-up. <laughs> uh, cut to the initiative where Walsh gives Buffy a pseudo side job, and it could be raccoon hunting. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so she sends Buffy on what I can only presume is a wild goose murder chase. Uh, surprisingly, she gives her a $20,000 camera earpiece, and... Probably a $100,000 taser rifle. Here's the thing, though. Had Walsh not given her the taser rifle, Buffy wouldn't have ever questioned it. Yeah, it could have just gone down the way it did, but we'll get to that. Well, and so did we mention what she's actually claiming to send Buffy off to do? Yeah, um, specifically, they got a blip for a like level three or whatnot hostile... Okay, there's and, movement in the sewers. Go yeah. check it out, basically. And it might be nothing. Sometimes it's a fucking raccoon. So she's like, don't expect any action. As Buffy leaves, we see some little smidgen of moral reservation on Walsh's face. And it's like, oh, get over yourself. Right. If you feel so bad about it, don't fucking do it. You're a heinous person, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Cut back to Giles's house. Uh, Spike is passed out drunk, and uh, Giles continues to work away at trying to get the tracer dart out of his back, while Willow reads an ionization spell to try and block the signal. Um, 
And also, of course, they needed some cool troll doll hair. Yeah. So they had that going for them. I I do want to say the science behind a piece of electronics that is uh, producing a radio signal and ionizing the air would in fact work. Like, that's real science. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ionized all of the air in a big fucking bubble around a, a radio signal, it would disrupt the radio signal. Yeah. And, you know, any technology that we don't understand is basically indistinguishable from magic. Yes. Yeah. But we do understand it. So there, But there's also magic involved because that's how we roll here. Yep. At Beer with Buffy and on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So then we cut to the sewer, and we haven't seen a sewer in a while. That is correct. You know, they needed to use up some of their old sets. Yeah. And About fucking know, time. Seriously. It's actually a very pretty set. It really is. There's a lot of fidelity in the background. I really enjoy this set. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's weird to call a sewer pretty, but, you know, I love grungy... Um, well, they're back alley, gross, noirish games, you know. I so we haven't really talked about this much, but I have a fascination for prop making hmm. and for prop restoration and prop duplication. Whatever the point is, in in this process of of making a prop like this, you do the a weathering. You want to weather the object so it looks used and aged and handled. When I see a set like this that is all grungy and, and slimy and a little bit gross, I get to see the effort behind weathering it and making it deeper and giving it story. And I find that fucking fascinating. Yes. It's another reason that I can't believe it's been so difficult to get you to go play Half-Life 2 because they're the masters of grunge environments. Soon. Soon. Very soon. Yeah. Well, I guess it was more difficult to get you to play Half-Life 1. You've agreed to Half-Life 2. It's just getting around to it, which I get that. Time is of the essence. Buffy's in the sewer and she ends up trapped with two squiggly demons. Yep. I like that word, squiggly. (laughs) Squiggly. Squiggly. Uh, Land squid demons as i like to call them i was gonna start calling them zoidbergs you know good call good call why not both why not zoidbergs squiggly zoid 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 god damn it zoidbergs now zoidbergs the popular one (laughs) so walsh watches as buffy gets trapped by the demons the gun doesn't work big surprise it was rigged it's a trap it's a trap absolute fuckery and we cut the scene of like watching the fight through the camera via Walsh at the initiative. And it looks like Buffy has been defeated. It certainly appears so. And despite all of Walsh's moral reservations, she has absolutely no problems watching Buffy die through her earpiece camera while casually sipping on a mug of coffee. Yeah. 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 Cut to Giles, where they pull the fucking uh, tracer out in the fucking nick of time. Yeah, because back and forth, we've got Riley's gang out on the street, nearly homing in on the house. And then they're like, oh, God, it's coming right for us. But where is it? I don't see it. Oh, it's been flushed because it's been flushed. 
it's the middle of the day. Do you do you guys honestly think that a vampire would be charging you in the middle of the day for fuck's sake? Like obviously he would be underground in the sewer, right? Yeah. Why aren't you looking there? Yeah, Z space, guys. Z space. <laughs> there are three axes. <laughs> yeah, we're not playing Doom here. <laughs> And then we cut back to the sewer where Buffy, of course, is fine. And the headset's just on the ground. Yeah. You didn't think a couple of stupid demons were going to take her down, did you, Walsh? Sadly, she did. Yeah. Um, my favorite part, though, is she kills the second demon with the malfunctioning gun. Yes. <laughs> Shorting sabotaged shock rifle plus water plus demon equals Buffy wins. Yeah. We cut back to the initiative, and this scene just makes me happy. Yeah. Walsh being way overconfident. and Like, how the fuck are you going to take this video evidence and not have somebody check? Like, before you go, hey, Riley, Buffy's dead. What she should have done, instead of being like, oh, my God, She's dead, Riley. She was so special and such a wonderful girl, and I begged her not to go, but she insisted and blah. She should have been like, Buffy's in trouble. You need to go find her right now. Take your team and get in the sewers and go find her. And if she was so certain that they'd find Buffy's dead body, what better way right. to look like she actually gave a fuck exactly. than to immediately put Riley into action over it? But she fucking borkled it all the way down the street. Because obviously Buffy isn't dead, and she picks up the fucking camera, and she calls Walsh out on camera. Did you get her whole line? I did not get her whole line. Did you? I did. Go for it. Professor Walsh, the simple little recon you sent me on wasn't a raccoon. Turns out it was me trapped in the sewers with a faulty weapon and two of your pet demons. If you think that's enough to kill me, you really don't know what a slayer is. Boom! Right. Mic drop. And by the way, don't ever drop a mic. These things are no. fucking expensive. Exactly. If, if you're dropping a mic, you better fucking be paying them for a new one. This is a crowning moment here because it is the full proof we need to show that Walsh is as utterly arrogant as possible. Yeah. She truly fucking thinks that she can outsmart Buffy. Uh-huh. And that two fucking demons could take Buffy out? For fuck's sake, you've been testing the girl. She's seen what Buffy's capable of. She took out the whole squad in 28 seconds. Like, what the fuck is she knows wrong with you, Walsh? She knows Buffy's kill number. Do you? Does she believe that if she just wills Buffy dead by this, that she... No. All you did was give her two more demons on her kill list. Right? Oh, yeah, God. it's the whole, it's a bit flimsy. I really don't think Maggie Walsh was this dumb as a character. I think it was just kind of rushed writing. Well, in the behind the scenes, they only had a limited amount of time with this actor. Oh. Um, she was Walsh? a pretty yeah, she was a pretty big name at the time, I guess. Interesting. Um, I'd never really even fucking heard of her, and I looked at her filmography, and I don't recognize much. Well, that explains um, why it's rushed. But she 
cut her teeth on Broadway, did a fuck ton of TV shows and movies and stuff, and was touted as being like a big fucking grab for being able to have her play a part. And that's why they had to cut it off, be like, well, she's dead now. Ugh. Spoilers. Jeez. Whatever. <laughs> so let's get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, Riley, of course, sees this all happen, watches the camera, and then walks off. And Walsh is a bit attached to Riley in an uncomfortable fashion. Yeah. It's kind of like I was going to joke about her being jealous when she was watching them banging on the screen. But this makes me actually think that she kind of was in love with Riley. Yeah, a little bit. But she's like, no, don't go. She's like, Agent Finn, Riley. As he fucks off because he's yep. seen the true light. So we cut back to Giles's house where Giles advises Spike to leave town. But of course, Spike doesn't want to leave town. I'm not going anywhere. Not until those bastards undo whatever they did to me. Put me back the way I was. Xander's line is one of my quotes of the day. Sure, just explain to the nice scientist guys that you really miss killing and torturing innocent people. <laughs> Do you think that would work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's fucking special. Everyone's like, no, fucker, it's not safe here. And then Buffy comes in and said, Buffy dramatically Kool Aid mans her way through the door. They're not quite Kool Aid man, close. Oh, yeah. But she says, no, it's not safe for any of us. Especially not Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, no, it's it's not safe for anybody that's around Keanu Reeves yeah. if they piss him off. Exactly. Anyway, uh, cut to room number 314. Yeah, where... Villain speech, villain speech, villain speech. God damn it. I wanted to say that part <laughs> where Walsh is talking to Adam in pure supervillain fashion. Yep. She thinks that when she kills Buffy, Riley will come back to her. She's still got the hubris that she will be able to kill Buffy for starters. Yeah. A. And second of all, <laughs> that Riley would come around after she does so. Right. This woman is truly delusional. Yeah, very much so. And then fucking she's dead. And then big spikety spike goes right through her heart. Not spikety spike, spikety spike, but you know, a spikety spike on the <laughs> arm spike of the spike Adam that yeah. had cut off of the other spikety spike. <laughs> uh, demon. Of the of the Zoidberg. It's it's a Zoidberg spikety spike. Yes. Whoop, whoop, so whoop, whoop, Adam whoop, whoop, whoop. Zoidberg's Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> That's his full name. <laughs> we have an episode title. Adam Zoidberg <laughs> Walsh. It's gotta be nice. <laughs> it's episode sixty-nine. Oh. Why nice? That's the it's the fucking meme, man. It's Oh, is that nice. that's a thing that you say? Yeah, when someone's like, eh, 69. Nice. Okay, I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, it is. Just look it up. Google it. All right. Yeah, Adam kills Walsh and ends with mommy. I was disappointed it didn't say mother. Right? Mother felt like it would have been better. Yeah, that would have been properly creepy. Mommy is still, you know, creepy enough. Yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? Did the ending feel sudden to you? Yeah, and everything escalated way too quickly. It's like everything's going fine. Some sex is happening, and then all of a sudden, Maggie Walsh, because of one sentence that Buffy said, Maggie Walsh is like, well, we got to kill her now. Walsh just flipped off the rails for no good reason all of a sudden. To me, it seems like it would have been more logical for Walsh, and she's intelligent enough to have gone this route, where she would have been like, oh, I can show Buffy what 314 is after I've moved Adam. And like mock something up and show her that 314 is something benign yeah we're looking for cures for demon cancer you're running a super secret fucking government facility and you can't come up with some fucking lie as to be like hey Buffy this is what 314 is and it's fine and we want to bring you in on it because you're special and we love you exactly and give her some sort of patsy command position. Um, like, we should just run the government, Rex. No, thanks. I think we'd have I pretty I good... Run, I don't want to run the government at all. All right. Well, I'll do it by myself then. Be my guest. Yeah, I got this. I mean, you can't be worse than the current administration. <laughs> anyway. Should we count that as our how we felt about the episode? Yeah. I'm fine with that. What's your quote of the day, Rex? So, I'm going to have to choose... One of Giles' lines. Oh. But it's not for the line. It's for the facial expression and delivery of the line of, please leave my home now. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Just the, the moment he bites into the bar and the change in his facial expression. Yes. You're just like, this... The flavor in this man's mouth has ruined his day. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take him hours of drinking to get rid of that. Yeah. (laughs) So what's your quote of the day, Josh? Buffy is talking to Willow in the cafeteria. Uh, Will, I think you better get used to a Twinkie. That's his lunch. (laughs) Oh, he is so going to be punished. Everyone's getting spanked but me. What? Oh, nothing. Yeah, I almost <laughs> picked that one. <laughs> That's my quote of the day. I'm ready to call it. I could go on and on about like how fucking bland the episode is, but that would just be pointless. Well, you, you summed it up pretty well. I mean, there's a perfectly reasonable explanation that it, it all came to a head so suddenly, and that's because they had limited time with the actress playing Maggie Walsh. Yeah. And that makes everything click into place, honestly. Other than that, I thought they did a great job. Except I think the uh, the set that is the initiative is bland. Yeah. For a sci-fi set, I'm like, guys, it looks like a warehouse with some tinfoil. Yeah. It's dumb. The sewer was way better. It was. So, this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to find us on Facebook. Like us. Join our Facebook group. That has been blowing up lately and been a lot of fun. Um, Follow us on Twitter. We, we've been trying to be more interactive there. Uh, number one way that you can help our podcast is to give us some reviews on iTunes. 
But if you would like to help support our podcast financially, you can either find us on Patreon and donate there, or you can purchase things in our merch store. Uh, you can, So you can go to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com or store.beerwithbuffy.com for either of those. Then you can get a hold of us via email as well, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voicemail or text message at I can't believe Josh is going to have me actually force me to read this stupid number. About damn time. 269-743-0783. Oh my God, it's music to my ears. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) And as always, thank you to Ben and Reggie for our lovely intro closing and transition music and hey if you like to make music that you think could fit within the scope of our show we are looking for a new composer get a hold of us on twitter or facebook if you have interest in that as always this has been beer with buffy i'm rex i'm josh have a good night why not both why not (laughs) (laughs) Done. Why are we watching this? <laughs>